This is exactly right. Scotty. Was that a Scotty? I, de- I need to turn my volume up. That sounded just like... <laughs> I'm in. It was it. a Scotty. It was a Scotty, but I could do it even softer if you want. Yeah, give me a softy. Scotty. <laughs> did you even hear that over the yeah, internet? Did. You did? Okay, did. great. Okay. Uh, here it is. Again, mm-hmm. this is never... They're never great. It's it's it, This one's not a, an amazing... It doesn't grab you as a headline, but the story is pretty amazing. Well, um, we'll grab each other then. All right. Everybody get ready to grab each other because mm-hmm. it's time for the Dancing Plague of 1518. Ooh, I do know about this, actually. So let's uh, shuffle on into a very swinging bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. That's Scotty Landis. That is my homeboy, Kurt Brownoller, and uh, you're listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was, and we're so glad you are. Yeah, and I'm going to get right into it, Scotty. I prefer when you do. Oh, do you know what? We do have one thing to say. Here's the thing. Uh, Chicago show, December 8th, I think there's like 10 tickets left, but Brooklyn Bell House show, still got some tickets left. So not, not not a ton. Not it's a ton. A, clock's ticking. Come out to the Bell House, November eighteenth. We're going to be there. Live. It's going to be a real special purchase. one. It's going to be a yeah. real special one because remember we have all. We used to do week uh, monthly show, Scotty and I, mm-hmm. uh, in in New York City, and so we have a we got a, a a couple tricks up our sleeve to pull out at, at the New York show. We're coming home, Brooklyn. Exactly. Uh, so go get tickets now. You can get them on our Instagram page. Blah 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 blah. blah. Are you guys ready? For our fantastic guest. Scotty, are you ready for our fantastic guest? I'm ready because she knows what's happening tomorrow right now. She really does. Our guest today is an award-winning comedian, Mm -hmm. writer, actor. She just wrapped up five seasons of the hit Australian TV show, Rosehaven. And she has a brand new comedy special out. Let me know how it all works out right now, available on Paramount Plus. The number one streamer in the universe. Paramount Plus is where you want to do all comedy. (laughs) And she is weirdly, weirdly our first Australian guest ever. Mm -hmm. Please welcome to the show, Celia Pacola. Yay! First Australian. That's exciting. Yes. But it I doesn't know. it doesn't surprise me, you know why? Because bananas doesn't sound as good. Like you can't have <laughs> banana mills. Banana mills doesn't work. It doesn't in the Australian accent, it doesn't? No. There's a few things oh that way, but banana banana mills. And what's weird is that I personally hate actual bananas, like real fruit bananas. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason I don't have kids. That's it. Because they <laughs> need to have them and I refuse. Yeah. Um, but I love bananas. I'm a big fan of the podcast, so I'm very thrilled to be here. And uh, yeah. first for being here. Pumped. What a treat to see you. This is the only time I think we've spoken in person since the, 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 the day we met, I think. No, we've Ooh, met more than that. I mean, we met in we? Montreal. Drinks a lot. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw you when you came with Kristen to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I, saw, I don't know if that was the first time. You came to the Melbourne Comedy Festival? That was 2008, I think, yeah. Maybe it was Montreal. And I remember when I met you and it was backstage at some gig and you, (laughs) you, and I have a terrible memory. This is one of the reasons I love your podcast because you guys have an incredible memory for anecdotes, whereas I, I really don't. But I remember you opened a beer on a fridge. You did something like way cool. I couldn't open it. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, give me that. And you're like, and it was so cool. And then you went and it to me and you dropped it. Like you immediately yes. did something <laughs> fucking lame straight after doing something cool. <laughs> I remember that moment where it was just like, I just watched you um, perform and I was like, oh, she is so funny. And then you were like looking for a, a beer bottle backstage yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm going to do something cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
and like popped it on an edge or something like that and then dropped it. There's a show going on, behind, like, and it was shattered on the ground. Oh, no. Yes. And you said it in that moment. You're like, I've never seen someone go from the coolest person I've ever seen to the lamest person I've ever seen in 15 you seconds. You remember that? It was one of those things if I'd seen it in a film, I'd be like, like, that would ever happen. But it did. <laughs> right. Um, and Scotty, I'm very excited to meet you because, again, like, bananas scotty is sounds way cool like scotty we scotty in australia you'd be scotty i like the way you say it yeah, well, i think it's cooler that way mm-hmm. without fangirling too much also it reminds me kurt i know people hate you know me, referencing their own material but your biscotti bit fuck <laughs> your food is something i have often said <laughs> it reminds me of that a lot uh, thank you that's such we a that's an that. old bit i love that bit um so do you want to hear about this yes i do dancing plague yes dancing plague and i think i'm just this is right up your alley because i do know you are on a a hip-hop dance instructor i was gonna say well i did that as well so i went on a show called we have dancing with the stars is that in america's but yeah yeah yeah, yeah, very popular. Did we invent that? Probably not. Um, <laughs> uh, I went on a show called Dancing with the Stars and I won it last year. And about, Incredible. yeah, thank you. About, tw- you didn't say, you didn't say good job, but good, thank you. Oh, um, incredible. But <laughs> I know. Good job. <laughs> and how's this? I think like 12 people watched it. So it's so <laughs> funny. Because no one believes me because I'm because it sounds like a joke. Like everyone goes, aha, that's fine. But I genuinely did it. So thank fuck someone filmed it because it, I think it genuinely, even me, I'm like, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it was just a premium. <laughs> so how many, how many dances did you have to choreograph in order to win the season? So how many do you have to learn? By the it ramps up, so you get three weeks of training before you start filming, and then it's yes. one dance a week, and then it goes to two dances a week, and then for the yeah, it, it ramps up a to lot. two dances Whoa. a week. Yeah, so you're doing six to eight hours of cardio every day. You film, you're dancing. My life was dance. Um, I've wow. never been close to it in my whole it's life. Always. <laughs> um, but the best thing about it was my dance. My partner, his name was Jared with a Y, and Jared hated me. Why not? <laughs> because he wanted why the why? because yeah exactly right he um he's a professional they all want to win they're all really competitive and he's the most experienced dancer and they never want the comedian because the comedian always goes out first yeah. and he didn't find me funny so all i've got is being adorable and he just <laughs> hated me so much and it was oh. and it was fucked. But then we but then we won. So it was you must have been pretty good. At least by the end. They don't they they kick off the just adorable ones at some point. So you must have gotten pretty good. You know what I think? Because I went on because I'm out of shape, 38 and not a dancer, and I think that's entertaining, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So a lot yes. of the other ones were fit and could dance. And I'm like, that's not funny. So I feel like we won because I had the furthest to go. Like I fell a lot and I made jokes <laughs> and stuff. So, but it was, it was, it was pretty incredible experience. Like, uh, and just because I did it because I thought it was funny. And then I got there and went, Oh shit. Now I have to touch a person, which I'm actually really uncomfortable with. Like <laughs> it, hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me that I'd have to let us get sweaty and like get sweaty with oh them God, like all so the good. time. And yeah, then you're like this- working out with them. Yeah, and it's grinding like the hips. There's all hip stuff. Like I didn't. I really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I like to dance, but in terms of being a hip hop dancer, um, this is really pathetic. But when I was a teenager, I was a door bitch of an under underage nightclub. I'm mean, okay. Sure. I love that it's called door bitch in Australia. <laughs> you know, so I have that, what would you call them? Like a lady, lady bouncer, bouncer. Yeah. Never have lady. Are they ever lady lady bouncers? What's a lady bouncer? I guess so. Yeah, bouncer. Bouncer is genderless, so you can Boun- be genderless here. Oh, is that? Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, no, we have <laughs> door bitches, <laughs> and my job was to smell people's water to see if it was vodka. <laughs> um, and, but I had a lanyard, and I could tell people to get off the podium if I wanted to dance up there. But one time, <laughs> I got to judge a a break dancing competition. That's pretty oh, fun. That's pretty good. Yeah. I uh, do. Do you remember, Scotty, when I would, I would pretend to be the doorman? Like, if there was a, yes. if there was a chair, 
Yes, I, <laughs> I would do. I would do it often for some reason. If there was a chair outside and you, normally there was a doorman there and there wasn't a bouncer that that day, I would just sit and check, start checking people's IDs, and then like ask them very specific questions about their IDs, and then yeah. and sometimes I would just do a legit job and just check IDs for like forty <laughs> minutes while would like you, drinking and hanging out. <laughs> would you not let them in if you busted it? Like if you I like, let, I would just let everybody in. I just like just played the role for forty. It was just the, it was like the it was the it was the non prankiest prank ever. <laughs> It'd be funny if you ask them questions like, "What's your favorite color?" and they're like, uh, "Blue." No, get no, get out of here. Beat your feet down the street. Bro. Get out. How about you, Scotty? You a dancer? Uh, oh, I like to dance, but I've also been a bouncer. I was a bouncer at a predominantly lesbian night club in northampton massachusetts called divas and uh i think i've talked about it on the podcast before right i don't think you have no i've never heard any stories about this how did the pair of you have more things that you don't know i I, I think back to when i was younger too and just would say (laughs) yes to anything i've never done before and that's really it and so i ran out i was doing laundry one day at a place called the laundry club it's right near the my college umass and uh I thought I had 3000 bucks in the bank because I had gotten student loans and I went to take out money to get coins, uh, to get quarters for the laundromat and I had $80 and I was like, what the hell? And the college had the bursar's office had sat on a tuition check um, for the fall semester and cash in the spring. So it's spring break. I have $87 rents due. All my roommates are like away doing things. So I just open up the newspaper and look at the classifieds and get the first and go to every job that's hiring. But there's five colleges up there. So all the waiting tables jobs are taken. All the valet jobs are taken. All the bartending, bar back. So I go in, and it was like security guard needed. I was like 6'3", 155 pounds. Uh, like, I mean, anybody on earth could easily beat me up. And I, and I go, and it's this black building in Northampton called Divas. And it's called Divas. And I go in, and these two very nice owners, are lesbian women were the owners. And they interview me. And they're like, yeah, we need somebody to start tomorrow night. It pays $14 an hour, which at the time is a an lot. incredible amount of money. That's a that lot. Was like, I was expecting $7 an yeah. hour. And then right when I was late, I was like, I'd love to start. She's like, do you have black pants? I was like, I'll go buy black pants. I didn't have black pants. And she goes, and I have to tell you, Scotty, this is a predominantly gay nightclub. And, you know, that's a gay lifestyle here. And I was like, that's great. I love gay people. And she was like, great. Shook my hand. And so uh, I'll just jump to one of my best stories about it was uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights where people drove in all over New England, men and women. And it was jumping. They had five bars. They had like five. Holy shit five bars they weren't huge but in every corner of the dance and like at the end of the night my job was to mop the dance floor and it was actually very fun at 3 a.m to do that or 2 a.m <laughs> so um what would happen a lot is people from umass who weren't out who some of them were in my classes and then they would see me and get scared you uh, know because yeah. i'm just like white guy number four and mm-hmm. they know i'm straight and so i would be like hey come on in like come party and they're like thank you thank you don't tell anybody don't tell anybody i'm like get in here so there was this one really lovely girl from one of my English classes. And um, it, this is the only time I ever had to kick anybody out of the club. And so the owner comes up to me and she's like, there is a girl on the dance floor with her shirt off. I want you to get her ass out of here. Oh and I'm God. like, oh, what? Like, I never had to do anything to anybody except to, like, kick the women out of the My job here was to wear black pants. <laughs> yeah. I got the black pants. I have a black T-shirt that says dance like nobody's watching with martini glass on the back. <laughs> That I will post to the Instagram because I still have it. Um, and so I see it's that girl yeah. and and from my class. And I'm like, hey, you got to go. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, hey, they're kicking you out. So we go to the lobby. In the lobby are these two mesh uh, body sculptures of two nude women. And I'm she's standing there and I'm standing there. And they're like, get her the fuck out of here. And I don't know what's happened. I'm in the front. I'm like, you really need to go. And she has a lollipop. She has a sucker. And... Um, she's like, this is bullshit. All the guys are taking their shirts off. I have a bra on. I take my shirt off. She's right, right? Yep. It's like totally insane. No point. And so then the other owner comes over and they were a, they were partner uh, partners. And they were like, get her out of here now. And the girl in my class takes the lollipop out of her mouth, throws it as hard as she can at one of the owners. The owners duck. It hits behind her between the statues, explodes. And then I'm like wide-eyed. And I turn to the girl I know and she just bursts into tears and hugs me and tells me she's sorry. So, <laughs> 
So it's a second floor nightclub. So I walk this girl helping her get her shirt on. And it's like misty, rainy in New England. And she's crying. She's like, I just think it's so unfair. I'm just trying to have fun. I was like, I know. I'm going to get you a cab. It's fine. So we get her in a cab. And then on campus weeks, maybe months later, she like gave me that look like, thank you. I'm so sorry. But it was the only time I ever had to bounce anybody. It was a thrown lollipop that exploded and then burst into tears <laughs> into my arms. Wow. Oh Which, my if you God. know me, is the perfect way for me to bounce you. That's about all I got. We've all been there. Like, I've that night is that's a Tuesday, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She oh, so man. Nice I love it. that story so much. She was great. <laughs> Divas. My other question yeah, is great. as a bouncer, did you have like an earpiece thing? And yes. who were you talking to? We had four security people um, and myself and this dad who worked in a factory by day and then did that by night. We were the two straight guys at the front and he was jolly and nice too. So, But we would get walkie-talkies from the back office or from the main bar if they were like, there's too many women in the men's room. And you'd go in and there, all the women would be peeing in the urinals and they'd be like, there's only three stalls and there's 300 women. And I'm like, please get out. All, all the of that. are like, get them out of here. Like, all of everyone, everyone being unruly is actually just uh, doing reasonable. very reasonable things. Yeah, totally. It's so like, real. It is so real. Um, all right. So do you guys want to hear about the dancing plague of 1518? Yes, please. All right, here it is. This is sent in by Rebecca Johnson. Thank you, Rebecca oh, yeah. Johnson. Uh, this there was a lot of different places that this, this was on, but I'm going to history.com. <laughs> That's a I, good one. Yeah, it's just about history. No, it's from the History Channel. Uh, written by Evan Andrews. Everybody, oh, he is so good. He is so so good. He is the best in the business. There he is. Uh, so here it is. In July 1518, residents of the city of Strasbourg, then part of the Holy Roman Empire, uh, were struck by a sudden and seemingly uncontrollable urge to dance. The hysteria mm. kicked off when a woman known as Frau Trophia stepped into the street mm. and began to silently twist, twirl, and shake. She kept up her solo dance-a-thon for nearly a week. Mm. And before long, some three dozen other Strasbourg Strasbourg bourgeois had joined in wow. by August. The dancing epidemic had claimed as many as 400 victims yeah. with what? no other explanation for the phenomenon. Local physicians blamed it on quote, hot blood. <laughs> it's cause it's 1518. Yeah. They had no good on them. Is this the first recorded flash mob? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. It sounds How like is? it. Yeah. Yes. Why? Just as annoying back then, too. <laughs> <laughs> we went for so it was four hundred people dancing for a week. No, four hundred people dancing for months. Months. Went, some it, died. Some yeah, dropped. Like, multiple people died. Um, mm-hmm. The town. Many dancers collapsed from sheer exhaustion. Some even died from strokes and heart attacks. The strange episode didn't end until September. So it started in July. Ended in September when the dancers yeah. were whisked away to a mountaintop shrine to pray for absolution. What? Um, yes, oh, isn't it, it fascinating? It happened lots of times, Celia. This has happened many times in what? history. Yeah. There's multiple theories. Some think it might be it were a mass hysteria, like yes. uh, like a collective mass hysteria, because. Uh, their the, their lives were so traumatic yes. uh, that this was kind of like a, just a strange you know group th- thing that starts happening, and then other people think it was LSD. I get well, that's what I mean. If it's massive, you're like I get if your life shit and you get frustrated and you know you scream and punch a cushion, but you don't do the cha cha for three months, you know. No, you don't. You <laughs> slide even. Yeah, you gotta eat and sleep. So, but did they have LSD? I so mean, they had ergot, which was which is when rye bread would turn. Their ergot is uh, is part is is the chemical of LSD. It creates serious? LSD. Yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. throwing bread out for years. <laughs> you fool! Let it get a little wet and keep it in the trash for a couple weeks. <laughs> that sounds awful. How would you feel like death by dancing, like dancing to exhaustion as a way to die? I feel like is bad. Although maybe not. I don't know. It's probably like freezing to death, right? That like in the beginning it really hurts and then towards the end it's just very You know what's bad is in my mind as well, I go at some point that would become, like I'm just trying to picture it, how that doesn't descend into a fight or an orgy, I don't know. Yes. 
Yes. I think sometimes it was a little sexual, and a lot of times it happened outside of religious buildings, um, which is interesting. interesting too. Yeah. Oh they, wow! That could also be back then that the biggest buildings in town were the cathedral or whatever. Right. That they were kind of like where people would gather anyway. Yeah. Um, but but you yeah. that you're like, yeah, duh, this is... <laughs> My mind is... How would you like to live in that neighborhood, yeah. though? You're living in that neighborhood, and then you're just like, give it a rest. I have children. But I have also, to be a job in the world. I'm working at JCPenney in the morning. Shut up. But there was no music. That's the best part. Do you know, know what I mean? So it was just someone like, just, just that quietly dancing. Have you, have you ever done um, Silent Disco? <laughs> At yes, yes. yeah, I did, which is I did so, it in Melbourne, yeah, yeah, right. Which is so bizarre for people who don't know. So people, you dance, but you all have headphones. So if you're walking mm-hmm. past, that's exactly what it is: is watching yeah. people dance silently, and it's so disconcerting because they're really also is. can't hear their own breathing. So they're all like, yes. hmm. <sighs> yeah, like they'll get one word of the song. Have you ever have you ever done it when um, <laughs> when there's two tracks and two DJs? So there's yeah. two separate parties going on. That is so fun. I love that. Then you can like switch over and see what group is dancing to what music. Yeah, because half the group will go, woo! And you go, oh, shit, what's that song? And switch it over. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I love that. That you, is awesome. Well, that sort of reminded me of something that I'll just say right now because we're going to talk about this later. But have you ever taken off those headphones and just you hear all those sounds, but then you also hear people farting? Oh, <laughs> Because everybody thinks they're safe when it's a silent disco and uh, champagne is flowing and the, the <laughs> mini quiches are being digested. I mean, think what you want about Eminem, but do you remember in that song that he did that? When he's like, whoop, my CD just skipped and everybody just heard you let one rip and he actually yes. plays a sound in the song. And I respect mm-hmm. it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, God. You're the perfect guest for this. One <laughs> dancing with the stars. <laughs> Do you know what? I've got to tell you. I've got two two things. So yeah, sure. I know Kurt. I know big. Fan, you know, would not have known you, Scotty. Like very excited to me. It did a bit of background, just a tiny bit. Is in like and the first thing that came up with you two that caught my eye was the second sentence, which is driven a giant double sided butt from Los Angeles to New York to moon the oh, yeah. country. And I just went, yeah. this this is my people because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I let me. I think you're so, so. I got through lockdown um, through friendship, drinking, and online purchasing, Perfect. and often sending joke presents to people. <laughs> online yeah. sending jokes, for, yeah, and um, yeah. including uh, Luke McGregor, who's my best friend, who made the show Rosehaven with me. Um, uh, we were texting about something, and I said I had a sore butt, and he said I hurt my butt from something, and he goes from squats or whatever, and he goes, you should wear a helmet. And I Googled the words butt helmet, thinking there'd be a funny image of like a stack hat that looks like a butt. Instead, I felt a horrifying sex mask. Oh, sure. That I immediately bought and had mailed to him and me, which is this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. We are looking at a butt mask. It has two eyes. It has lips right below the anus. Yeah. And Um, a nose hole where the butthole would be. Yeah. That's that's, funny. It's it's got a vagina. It's it's a lady. (laughs) It's a lady. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a No hair. Why doesn't she have to have hair? She could have hair anyway. So I think why is it supposed to be sexy? It's not. <laughs> I think, but but butts 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 and farts is is funny, and I'm 38, and that's and I and I'm cool with it. You know, that's still funny. Still funny. Anyway, well, let me <laughs> let me do a Kurt. Should I tee one up, or should we yes. just dive into one? Uh, tee one up. I think we'll take a break. Okay, that sounds very fun to me. This was sent in by Rachel dot M dot D E E Rachel M D. Fake pilot, good start. Fake pilot caught after 20 years, <laughs> only after he flew passenger jet erratically. Wait, what? Yeah, right. I'm very excited about this. This is uh, this is um, the real life. Uh, I keep wanting to say, look who's talking. And it's not look who's talking. It's Great the movie. one. It's the one with Leo DiCaprio. Catch what me catch me if you can? Yeah, and the old look who's talking, the real life look who's talking. Uh, catch me if you can. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be right back with Maneers. Maneers. 
are back. Yes, Folks, we are. Scotty, got any shout outs before we get back into our wonderful guest? Happy birthday, Emily K. from your sister Rachel. We will see them in Chicago for the live show. Emily's coming. Emily, we will double high five you. And happy birthday to Jesse Zamora. Jesse Zamora, uh, Celia, if you've listened to the pod, I had a banana phone. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a phone that I would answer for one minute and talk to anybody during the Great Quar. And uh, I answered about three and a half thousand calls or something like that. Um, Jesse Zamora called me, told me he might enter nice fishing, fishing competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him if he did, he better win it. And he won it. Whoa. And it is his birthday. So happy birthday to Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Zamora gets results. We love results on bananas. <laughs> results are the name of the game on bananas, uh, for bananas. And um, that's it for me. But come out to that Brooklyn show and high five us and it'll be the best time. I just have to tell you quickly, I thought you said nice fishing. And I'm like, that's sweet. You just invite the fish into your net. Yeah. Excuse me. Come on, man. Like a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, so this is sent in by uh, Will and Katie Swan. Hello, Banana Boys. Been listening to the pod since the beginning. You guys are great. Just got married and was wondering if you'd give us a shout out. I found a wonderful lady during the craziness of this pandemic and would love it if you would send us some love. We took a photo below showing some support for you guys. Uh, This is at their wedding, and uh, Will is wearing a Bananimals hat. Uh, So that's a great, that's a good time to represent. So thank you uh, and congratulations, guys. And now we are back with the yes. wonderful Celia Pacola. Pacola is one right. cool name. It's Italian. Are we saying it right? Yeah, you nail it. Great. Yep. Yeah. You have a great name. Good I love job. names. That is one great name. It was one. It's one of those names. When I was growing up, I'm like, oh, I just want to be Kate. But now I'm cool. Now I'm cool with it. Oh hell yeah! There's, there's a lot of Kates out there. Great name. No reference. No disrespect. No shitting on Kate. <laughs> Scotty, tell us about this pilot. Fake pilot caught after 20 years, only after he flew passenger jet erratically. Rachel M D sent this in, as we says. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, this is abc.net.australia. Oh, written by Daniel Keane. Do you know him? Yeah, we're engaged, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. No, 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 no. We were engaged. Oh, I'm so and sorry. No. But he left me because he, he was too committed to being the best in the biz. And I respect that. And I went, you go. Go, be the best. Celia, you're going to be on this podcast yes. more than once. Yeah. I can all <laughs> A pilot has resigned from South African Airways, which I will refer to as SAA for the rest of this, after flying more than 20 years with a fake license. The pilot who used bogus credentials to gain work on long-haul international flights has been charged and is pursued for millions of rand in wages overpaid because of his fraud. Rand what? is their currency for our listeners at home. Uh, William Chandler reportedly flew for the SSA for 20 years, but his scam was not exposed until an investigation was launched after the Airbus 340-60 hit atmospheric disturbance over the Swiss Alps. Whoa. According to the South African newspaper that I'm reading every morning, Mail and Guardian, (laughs) it took some, quote, strange turns, (laughs) end quote. Uh, Mr. Chandler was a senior first officer and operated that flight from Johannesburg to Frankfurt um, for all those years. The plane did land safely, but during a probe of the reportable incident, it was discovered he had uh, did not have advanced qualifications for the job he was doing. So time out. So he yes. got a job with SAA 20 years ago and has been yes. flying the same flight for 20 years. Yes. So at this yes. point he's a pilot. He just never. Yeah. He just great. He just great never. Job. Like he learned on the job. <laughs> yes, he he got he he was uh, never qualified. He never wow. had an airline transport pilot license, an ATPL. Uh, but he did have a commercial pilot license. So, um, oh okay. Yeah, so he did know how to take off and land a plane, but he'd been doing this since 94, including he had been getting repeatedly promoted. (laughs) So that's what they're suing for, is like all these promotions and all these bumps and all these bonuses he never actually earned because he never had the license. But I would argue that he did. If he landed planes for 20 years, yes, he faked it till he made it. Um, Necessary steps will be taken to recover 
the money unduly paid to him. These include salary, overtime, and allowances. After learning they had been hoodwinked by uh, Mr. Chandler, the SAA says all sent all its pilot's licenses to the South African Civilian Aviation <laughs> Authority to be audited. Every, oh every time you say that, because his surname's Chandler, I can't stop thinking of friends. That he just, he's, he's just out going, could I be any more qualified to fly this plane? <laughs> um, did, did we find out why he was flying? Like he's fucked it at the last, after 20 years. Why was he flying erratically? Was he drunk or was there a bird in the way or something? I don't know. It didn't say in this article. It didn't say. I just um, took some weird think terms. Flying me. Like at this point, you know, he doesn't have yeah. the piece of paper, but after just 20 years. a bad day, I guess. Yeah. yeah right? It, it's, uh, it, it does seem, it seems uh, insane to be like, now all the money you made for 20 years, you owe us back. Like there's obviously, they're never going to get that money. He did money. the job. He did the job for 20 years. He did the work. It should now just be like, okay, like you have a fine and you have to take the class and you can't fly until you get the license. But this trying to get lost wages is yeah. very silly. It's not like he didn't do it. Have you ever put a ridiculous lie on your CV or something? This is what this reminds me of, like mm-hmm. ride horses or motorbikes or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember once when I first moved to New York City, it was at a time when I was trying to get an apartment. And the way you, what you had to do to get an apartment in Brooklyn at the time, this is 1998, was that you had to pay the real estate agent yeah. $2,000. And in addition to first month's rent, last month's rent, and a security deposit, so you needed like five thousand dollars to rent a five like a five hundred you know a thousand dollar a month apartment. So Total we found scale. a thousand dollar a month apartment, and was all these things. And he wanted uh, me us to have like jobs, and we had just moved to the city, so we didn't have jobs yet. So yes. I so John Daly worked at Starbucks, and I had him steal me. Uh, some Starbucks stickers, and then I uh, put them on a piece of paper and then put it all stuff, and then I photocopied the piece of paper and then typed up a letter from Starbucks saying that I was a manager of a Starbucks. (laughs) Perfect. As if Starbucks corporate (laughs) is writing letters to people telling them this person's a manager. I hope you put in a bit of sizzle, like Kurt is warm, lovely to work with, makes the best pumpkin spice latte (laughs) of the season. It's true. It's true. (laughs) I was just so nervous. I'm sure it was just like... Uh, Kurt Brenneler will be starting work at this time. And that is it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> he understands what coffee is. It's wet beads. He gets it. How about you, Scott? Uh, have, yeah. you put, have you put anything on a CV? That's a big mm, it, What's a, Is a CV like a, a resume? Oh, or yeah, a, yeah, resume? yeah. Um, no, I haven't. I just worked so many. I lied about waiting tables for my first ta- waiting tables job and just said I had. And the guy just stared at me. He goes, okay, you can be on probation. But I, I've never folded yeah i've never done anything like that and i'm not like a performer either so i know sometimes on on like a performer resumes has to be like juggling spanish ballroom dancing have you ever done that i don't know i think maybe horse riding is one where you think (laughs) i can probably do it so i'll just say i can like (laughs) i like that well weirdly they always they always have a section for like interests or hobbies like that makes a difference and i don't know why i don't know if they're you're more likely to be hired if you seem like it's cool to hang out with yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't I, think so, right? No. I did get a job based on like the things at the bottom or like skills or whatever. What? Oh yeah. It was again my second job. I just quit a job working in TV production, and then I wrote at the bottom, uh, knows HTML, and yeah. it was a staffing agency who was like, "Well, can you be our web manager?" And I was like, "Yes, I can." And I knew yes. I didn't know anything. <laughs> about yeah. computers and then i became their it guy for eight, <gasps> years. eight years are you eight serious years. and i just would yes. like i would just like you know go online and look it up and be like that's what it says to do and that's the thing with the computers is you can look everything up and it's like someone has given you every step of the thing to do and also with computers oh, yeah. if you don't know like because i don't know but if someone i hired who went i'm an it guy and they went it's fucked i just believe that it's fucked so like you can just go <laughs> 
No. Yes, exactly. Kurt once told me he just turned things off. He just would pl- unplug things and plug them back in, and like 90% of the time, 90, the 95% of the time, I would just be like, let me, let me, let me work. Just you guys, you go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> and then I would unplug it and plug it back in, and it would work. And then I would walk away. And they'd be like, you're a genius. And I'd be like, thank you so much. Oh, I was such God. a prick. I did. Um, there's a listener, a good friend of mine named Brittany, Brittany Medmedovich, who uh, before the great quarantine came out. Have you? Do you ever come out to LA, Celia? Have you ever been? I've been there one around? one time. Come on, out. come back. Uh, weirdly, it was around. I remember we oh, we got oh, it was bad. <laughs> it was a messy night. It was Luke McGregor. It was around Halloween because I remember. Anyway, oh, yeah. it was it. I, Anyway, we've just met. It's probably too much. It's a night for the ages. It's a big night for the ages, yep. Well, there's a pretty good uh, old school. It's, I think it's the oldest restaurant in Hollywood called Musso and Frank. It's like a steakhouse, but it's got so good, martinis. so good. If you saw um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that Quentin Tarantino movie, it's so much of it is shot in there. It's just a great place to hang out. Mm-hmm. And so Brittany and I met for a couple martinis. We we're talking work stuff. It's right on Hollywood Boulevard, right in Hollywood, right where all the creeps and weirdos are. And so we leave to go on to the next place. Step out to like, you know, all the stars and you're walking over everything. And this woman selling bacon wrapped hot dogs in a little cart on the corner goes, excuse me, sir. And I was like, yeah. She's like, can you watch my cart? I need to use the restroom. I was like, absolutely. Go for it. Wow. So we're standing there a little, a little drunk. And she runs into the near, this nearby bar, um, which I think is called the Rusty Mullet. I really do think it's called Rusty Mullets. <laughs> and this guy walks up and he goes, how much are hot dogs? And I said, five bucks. And then I just grabbed the paper and I grabbed a bun with the tongs and put a hot dog in. And I was like, what toppings do you want? And he's like, I'll take all of them. Peppers, onions. And I served him a hot dog. And, and Brittany, you know this is true. Post it in your stories. And then so the guy gives me money and I hand him back this hot dog. He's like, thanks, man. And the woman comes running out and I hand her five bucks. And we just walked away into the night. So I've been officially a Hollywood hot dog vendor. You have to put that on your CV. That's so great. Yeah, I'll put um, a professional hot dog vendor. After thinking about it, I feel like I can share this because it's fine. But weirdly, I, it just came up yesterday. So Luke McGregor and I were there for some road seven related thing, and we ended up having a massive night. But two dumb things: we got pulled over. We were in an Uber going to some party. Up, uh, who know? You know, we're Australians, yeah, sure. just exactly. being charming and getting invited places. I don't know. And we're in Uber, and we had beers in the car, and we got pulled over by the police, and it was the scariest thing that's ever happened. And that we were in big trouble. Oh, open beers, open. Yeah, beers? yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't, we didn't know that, and the only reason it shouldn't that be a crime offers that we were Australian and was so like we didn't know, but that was very scary. But then Luke told me last night that night he was so drunk that he woke up. And didn't know where he was and was like, oh, fuck, I'm in America. I'm lost. And I don't know. And then he saw me and I went, mate, I've ordered you a hamburger. And he's never been so happy in his whole life. <laughs> he ended up at some diner. But he had a moment. I think we were in a taxi or he's in a car. And he just woke up in a car and was like, oh, my God. And then I appeared <laughs> out of friendship from French as a friendship angel. Not only oh. you're safe, but I've got a I've oh. got the old burger coming towards you. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to come back now that now that we're free. We're kind of free, yeah. huh? Good. Oh yeah, we are free. Come back, come back. Mm-hmm. We'll buy you burgers. We'll buy you burgers when you're drunk. Yay! Oh yeah. Oh, uh, is it me? Is it me? It's my turn, it, right? It is yours. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I'm just so so. Uh, oh, this one pretty is good. Is pretty is good. It's pretty is good, dude. Is pretty. This is so is fun good. for me, by the way. It's fun. I love listening to show, but also being. It's like adult story time. It's great. Yes, like not after the evening. It. I just get to sit here and be delighted. <laughs> it's like show and tell. For it's fun. It's just fun to tell stories to each other, and it's crazy. I think the older we get, the more fun this is. We could not have done this podcast at 25. We would have had five stories, and they would have yeah. all been about drinking in college. Exactly. Uh, here it is, guys. Missouri woman sues mm-hmm. Geico after contracting STD during sex in car insured by company. Whoa. Yes. This was sent wow. in by millions of banana animals and i had the one that i had seen from at first but it has since been erased by my computer because it likes to do that i apologize wow but thank you all everyone who sent in yes so this is um this this one is from the insurance journal dot i'm reading it all the time love the insurance journal i read super lawyers and the insurance journal (laughs) they're my two favorite magazines absolutely it's written by ezra Amaker. Thank you, Ooh. Ezra. Ooh, buy a vowel, Ezra Amaker. Absolutely <laughs> best in the business. 
Here it is. A Missouri woman is suing Geico after contracting a sexually transmitted disease in a car insured by the company. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy. It's amazing. I And when you read, learn more about it, it's even better. The woman, identified in district court documents as M.O., <laughs> Mo, had a yeah. sexual relationship with the insured M.B., Mabuh, in late 2017, <laughs> including unprotected sex in the latter's 2014 Hyundai Genesis. Oh. Mo alleges that oh Mabuh had been previously diagnosed with anogenital <laughs> human papillomavirus, <laughs> HPV. Who gives a shit? I love if that's how a doctor told you you had it as well, by doing a little giggle in the middle. You have hypolepsy. <laughs> you, I'm so sorry to say you have anogenital <laughs> human uh, uh, papillomavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, a funny sketch, isn't it? Because I've seen sketches where they have like surgeons who are freaked out by blood, but it'd be some, it'd be funny if they just found giggled at like any kind of anus. Yes. The sixth grade any kind of STI so specialist. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yes. So, um, and so he, he did not tell her about his condition or take steps to prevent transmitting the virus. Geico investigated the claim, found that MB said that he told MO on three different occasions. <laughs> that he had been diagnosed with HP positive throat cancer. Oh, no. Oh, MB boy. also said that the two had sex in locations other than the insured car. These uh, two. What MO, a night. What a weekend. They I know, really, really. Having a good time. They had that rental car. They were just zipping around, doinking galore. <laughs> but how okay. is that the car, car company's fault? This is Great what's interesting question. about it. This is what is interesting <laughs> about it. Great question. Thank you. Uh, Okay, so Mo, who was diagnosed with anogenital HPV in 2018, sent a demand letter to Geico. I don't know if anogenital HPV is de- different from regular H- HPV. Sounds like it. Um, it sent a demand letter to Geico seeking a million dollars in February, triggering a declar- declaratory judgment from the company. Geico alleges its policies do not cover Mo's injuries because they have no connection to the ownership, maintenance, or covered use of the car. Yeah, no joke. Uh, yeah, boning, boning does not is not covered by Geico. Oh, that should I be t boning. So, so this I'm a bit slow. It takes me a second. So. Mm-mm. <laughs> so they so they're saying if i was in a small car accident and got whiplash you'd have to pay for it so yeah. i'm in the car right i'm in the car and i got anogenital hpv <laughs> uh, what so if you got pregnant in the car can you charge the car company for 18 years of child support i would love that I, i'm 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 all for it i'm all for it um yeah. Okay, here it is. This is what's interesting about it. Okay. Oh, this it's not in this. It's not. It in, was all pretty interesting. Well, by the way. Insurance Journal doesn't cover it, but the other article that I read <laughs> did cover it. Basically, what it seems like happened mm-hmm. is that uh, it, they were they colluded with each other. Uh, MB and MO. So they're still buddies, and uh-huh. she got HPV. She's like, "How about we sue your?" Because, like, he essentially, she said, I'm going to, you need to get this covered with your insurance. He agreed to it in person. And then she sued the company for a million dollars because he agreed to it in person. Oh, uh, and they're here as insurance company. So I think they were trying to run, like, a crazy, f- weird scam on Geico. Unless anogenital HPV is very different from normal HPV. And we are going to find out. Uh, We're going to find out by hundreds of people that are going to be fools. You stupid, ignorant fools. I do want everyone who who's itching, their fingers are itching right now to correct us through a DM. Just realize hundreds of people have already done it. Don't worry about it. If you hear something wrong. People have corrected us. People have yep. corrected us within an hour of it dropping. So you don't have to. You don't have to correct us. About a lot less severe things. Yeah. About like, actually, beavers and woodchucks are different. We're like, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. Here it goes. What do you do? Do you uh, reply to them all? Every, every single, single one. one. Really? We every say thank one. you. We say thank you very much. We haven't missed a DM yet. Nope. Gosh. We're ruining our personal lives, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's good for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's crazy. But did they get? On... Did they get the money? Did she? No, they didn't. No, no they did way. not get them. Yeah, money. no way. Oh, no. Um, wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, 
I worked on a web series for Car and Driver magazine called Worst Driver, and the idea was we would take people that were that were nominated by their friends for being the worst drivers, and then give them professional correction within really funny ways, and it actually worked. Uh, like one lady was so terrified of parallel parking, but she lived in Manhattan that her husband of like twenty five years, um, we gave her like high speed training and all these different ways to reverse and then we blindfolded her and he talked her into parallel parking and then when she took the blindfold off she was between two like rabbit hutches i mean we were not going to hurt these animals but she did it perfectly and she cried she's like this saved me but the one that always <laughs> sticks with me is there was a girl who had crashed her car so many times that the used car dealership gave her dad a 20% discount. <laughs> and the reason we had her on the, the on car and driver was because she was listening to her GPS and she drove into a lake. She oh, took a right I and said, take a right in 80 feet or whatever. And she signaled and just turned right without looking and drove directly into a lake, which I think happened on The Office or something, too. Someone yeah. once told me that that happened on a TV show. It, it was on the show. Yeah, it did, but he did it on purpose. Like he was sick. It was like a, all right, that's what you want me to do. It wasn't a, right, it, it was on purpose. But it, you couldn't imagine someone actually going. So there was no road. Was there no road? There was no road at all. She <laughs> just, it said turn right ahead and she just turned and, and went right into a pond. And I'll have to look back at that episode, <laughs> but we like trained her to pay attention. Oh, it was like we taped her hands to the wheel or something. <laughs> we took her phone away. She was always looking at her phone, texting and driving. But yeah. Uh, it was a fun show. It was good. That's crazy to me to find silly yeah. ways when it's like real dangerous. Like driving is real serious, and you you're including bunnies as well. <laughs> yes, the bunnies were. We were not going to kill those bunnies. I want everybody to know that that there was no chance. We made we made it look like it. We edited some real spooky music over it. Oh but, uh, no. They, early one. in your career, you did a lot of car-based humor. That's so funny. I know. And that is I don't so even really weird. Give a crap about cars. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, I, what other car-based humor? I did Mega Drive was my first TV show, which was on MTV, and it was a comedian who had failed his driver's test three times, went around the country and drove things you've never seen driven on TV, and while doing them, we messed with all the people teaching them how to do it. So, like. <laughs> If he was driving the world's biggest bulldozer, we would replace the foreman's uh, trailer with an exact replica and then back over it the next morning and act like we just uh, destroyed the foreman's office. Like all kinds of Goodness. dumb stuff like that. It was great. It was a really fun show. Um, but yeah, my first few things were car related for yeah, whatever it's so reason. so weird. And it's, it's like oh, well. you can see how people get stuck in like a, real, a very strange niche in the entertainment yes. world. Like if you hadn't gotten out of that, you would still be doing like car-based reality TV Yes, shows. just puns. <laughs> yeah, just dumb puns. Yeah. Were you were the car guy for a while. Kurt, were you ever, do you ever, do you ever feel like you were stuck in a like, that's my thing, I'm the that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm the not ever making it guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Now he's really, he's no way. He's got that. I got that niche on lockdown. No way. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I used what really bugged me, which now I'm embracing. But um, for the longest time, all of my reviews were just like, she's just so nice. You just want to hang out with her. And I'm like, I'm funny, bitch. Like, you know, and yeah, you're very, like, very funny. Oh, hell just yeah. chat. Like, she's just, you know, it's just. It's not just like nice, just nice. I used to get nice and I'd I'd always be like, I wish I was edgy. I wish I was weird and cool, but I'm, you know, I'm very mainstream, but it's, uh, it's my deal. You know what? I remember <laughs> for so long, it wasn't until uh, I would say, honestly, like two or three years ago that I realized that I wasn't edgy <laughs> 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 because I thought, Edgy meant like pushing ideas of like stand up. Do you know what I mean? Like I thought edgy meant weird and like pushing right. stand up like limits like like do like doing skywriting jokes. Do you know what I mean? I thought that was edgy. And it turns out like no, edgy is just like uh, you know, you know, being like, no, no, fuck you. No, no, fuck I, you. No, no. I agree. I also think that's edgy, like alternative. I I I, yeah. I coveted both of those things. No, like yeah. it's scarier. It's hard. It's scarier for the performer. I mean, just yelling at people. You could see that <laughs> on on any public bus in the city. Somebody's yeah. gonna be yelling at somebody. <laughs> 
But I had no idea that that's what people thought edgy was. And I was like, when I learned, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. That's amazing. But it's, you know, also. I'm not that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not exactly. that. I'm still very nice. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Let's get out of here with a real quick. Oh, my God. That was so fast. That was very fast. Seal, you're so good on this show. Can I come back? I mean, well, wait yes, till you please. see what you bananas. Uh, if I'd, I'd love to. People I would are already to. excited. <laughs> um, here we go. This is just a quickie that I found while Googling dumb facts. The inventor of the Pringles can. Do you have Pringles in Celia? Yes, we do. Once you pop your pants off, we got them yeah, last week. Too. Very exciting. Yeah. Everyone's really <laughs> Swivel chairs and Pringles. This is exciting. Wow. The inventor of the Pringles can was buried in one. Yes. The man who designed the Pringles tomato uh, potato crisp packaging system was so proud of his accomplishments that a portion of his ashes have been buried in one of his iconic cans. Oh. Frederick J. Bauer of Cincinnati, Ohio weirdest state in the onion uh died may 4th he was 89 but yeah they honored his request as children did and buried um, partially in a can (laughs) of pringles (laughs) so there you go okay two two questions well number one i'm disappointed because i immediately pictured his entire body inside like a coffin is like a giant it's not it's a bit of his ashes inside a a regular tube tube. okay so my question is this what mm-hmm. flavor? Yes, mm. it's got to be original, right? Because he's he's the yeah. original designer. But I mean, sour cream and onion. Yeah, would you think original? Sour cream and onion is the best. Mm-hmm. What There's flavor? a Wendy's one that's pretty good. There's a Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. That's Are you kidding me? Tasty. Oh my! The God. least popular is the dill pickle flavor. I just read that when I was looking this up. So I got lots of time. But what flavor? We don't know what flavor he was buried in. It doesn't in. say. It says, God uh, damn it. No, Bad it doesn't reporting. say. <laughs> but they were, the they were invited. Worst in the business, AP, the Associated Press. Um, they were originally called Pringles Newfangled Chips. No, they were when not. It, yes, they were. Oh, I love that. I, why aren't they still called that? I know. 1966, Pringles Newfangled Chips. Anyways, bury yourself in something you love, everybody. What would you be buried in, Celia? As we, as we, as we let you go here. I was just thinking that if we narrow it, if we keep it to snack, snack foods, yep. probably, uh, let's go burgerings. They make no sense. Do you have burgerings? We do not. Nope. Oh my goodness, they make they make no <laughs> sense. They're little rings that take, they're they're very nostalgic. I haven't had them for a long time. Oh, uh, so, mm-hmm. if anyone's in Australia, send us some burger rings. We'll oh, taste them. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's fun. If you're open yeah, for that, I will cool. send you all sorts of Australian snack foods that you may not have not have tried. All right. All right thank okay. you. Well, thank you so Good much answer. for being on the show, Celia. Uh, just plug away. Plug away. Where can people find you? What should they look out <laughs> oh, for? Yeah. Do, 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 it's do, do, it's do, do. difficult. As I say, I've got three stand-up specials on three different um, platforms. Um, our show, Rosehaven, I don't think you can see outside of Australia. But mm, in I Instagram, tried. I have a lot of dog content on Instagram. Um, but that nothing really. Just uh, say hi if you see me around. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for being on Bananas. You're wonderful. Thank you. You can say bananas with this, too, in your beautiful show and accent. Ready? One, two, three. Bananas. Bananas. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's terrible. <laughs> This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 